0: So, um, I have quoted on many occasions one of my favorite pastors. Um, he is uh, Jim Bergen. He's a pastor in Colorado, and um, I've been listening to his sermons for about uh, 14 years, and I um, and uh, I steal all the good stuff and bring it to you. So, um, so, and I sometimes even credit him. So, um, I'll I'll credit him next week for something. So, um, so that that's Jim Bergen, and that's a picture of him. And um, that that article happened to mention open arms at his church. But but I want to tell you about his arms. So so if you look at his arms, you can see here is a guy who likes to go to the gym and that is different for me because i do not like going to the gym i i i'll be honest i hate going to the gym i i love having been to the gym that's a great feeling when you're coming out and i don't know if i've got like um, uh uh the endorphins flowing or not, I probably don't work out hard enough for that. But I feel like I'm virtuous, right? I feel like, well, I'm a good boy, and you know, if my doctor could see me now or my physical therapist, they'd all be proud of me. So I feel good when I go to the when I leave the gym. I feel terrible when it's time to go to the gym. So I wake up um, and I tell myself. Um, maybe that's a scratchy throat I've got. Maybe today I'm, I'm, you know, I start imagining all kinds of things. I could be leprosy, you know. So, so I start coming up with excuses why I shouldn't go to the gym today, and I start doing that. Basically, the minute I wake up, and um, I think of all the good reasons, you know, I I've got a busy day. I think of lots of reasons, but but I go anyway. And the reason I go is because I tell myself today's gym day. That I have I have decided in advance I'm just not even gonna have that kind of argument because I will lose and then I won't go to the gym and um, I will do the thing that I want to do even though I don't want to do it. So that's what I wanna talk about today. Uh we, we've been in this conversation uh where we, we've been talking about change and what we've seen is that is that lots of people, you know, if you look at polls and so forth, lots of people have parts of their life they want to change. And uh, lots of people try to change by way of uh, New Year's resolutions, and so we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about about how we can change. Because what we've what we've seen is that New Year's resolutions aren't very effective. In fact, by now, by uh, the the last week of uh, January, most people who've made uh, New Year's resolutions have abandoned them. So we've been looking instead from a Christian point of view: What does our faith teach us about changing the parts of our life that we wish were different? and it says that uh what we've learned is that it says yes change is absolutely necessary that Jesus said that we have to change in order to enter the kingdom of heaven so so we are we are all about change as christians and what we've what we've been learning is that is that uh we are changing not just to be better people we're changing to be like Jesus if our if our goal is simply to get rid of a bad habit or to to deal with our money better um, that's fine uh but our goal ultimately is to become like Jesus, and the reason for that is that is that when Jesus uh, died and rose uh, from the dead, he cracked open he, he he cracked open our world. That the way we understand the world is there's the this present age that we're part of, and there's the age that is coming. This age is filled with all kinds of problems. The age that is coming doesn't have those problems, and Jesus has broken broken cracks in our world, and the the. The age to come is flooding into this world, and it's flooding into us as people. It's transforming us into uh, the kind of people that Jesus is. Ultimately, we will become like that. So, so that is our goal. We will become like Jesus, and uh, that will solve our other problems along the way. As we as we become more like Jesus, we'll solve all of our other problems. Uh, just that they they come alongside of that. So so that's the big idea, but what we saw last week is the way we get there is by small steps. We don't we don't kind of try to, you know, in my head I imagine how Jesus would solve this problem, but but rather I say, well, here's here's this exact, you know, right now in this moment What's the right thing to do now? We don't worry about the big picture. That'll take care of itself. We focus on what's the right thing to do right now. So that's what we've been looking at so far. And the question I want to look at today is, what if we don't want to do it? Right? We know what it is. We know what the right thing to do is, but we just don't feel like it. We're, we're tired. We're impatient. Um, we're exhausted. Uh, you know, all the, all the reasons we might not want to do it. Um, that, that pastor I mentioned, Jim Bergen, he says, that his most common prayer goes like this: "It's, dear God, no, in Jesus' name, Amen." <laughs> and so, so what do we do? What do we do when, when that's us? When, when we feel that way? When when we know the right thing to do? We know that we're on a journey to become like like a Christ. We know that we are part of the new creation, and we just don't feel like it. How do we change? How do we change so so the answer that we're going to look at today is the the way we the what we do in the face of that is um, is we we decide in advance what it is we're going to do because if we're going to wait till the moment to decide then we're going to fail so so um, the the other thing we're going to do is we're not going to focus on those problems, right? By by deciding in advance, we don't really care about the details. The particular problems that come up in a in a particular situation, we're not as concerned about those as as the big idea, the the thing we're going after. So we don't focus on the problems. So so um, in our reading today, we're going to be looking at um, uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, First Letter to Timothy. And Timothy, Timothy is the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Ephesus is a is a city on the um, on the what the, the southwest coast of uh, Asia Minor, so modern day Turkey. He's kind of facing off toward Greece, and uh, that's that's the town he's in. And Paul had to leave, and he left Timothy behind to be the pastor of the church and the the letters about all the different challenges that Timothy faced when he did this uh what was it you know what were the the challenges that as a pastor he was having to deal with and Paul writes the letter and he gives him some specific advice about those those challenges but in this section what we see is he says don't focus on those problems because because you can solve them sure but you know, we still live in this present age. You know, this is not, this is not the resurrection. This is not the age to come. There are still going to be problems. You solve this one and new ones will come up. It's whack-a-mole. He says, you know, don't worry about it. You will have problems. So he says, don't focus on the individual problems. Instead, he says, focus on yourself. So, um, we're going to pick things up in verse seven. And as, as Dennis noted, it's verse seven B. And the reason for that is because the, the numbers, the verse numbers, they were added about 400 years ago. And they there are disagreements about where where they should be. And my, my Bible here has not only a break in that verse, it's got a paragraph and a heading in the middle of that verse. So we're going to pick things up in part two of verse seven. So uh, Paul says to Timothy, train yourself for a holy life. And this word train, this word train is literally, it is the word gymnazo. Can anyone think what word that might be related to in English? So it is the word that we get for gym. It literally means go to the gym. So that is a verb and you go to the gym. Uh, the things that people do in the gym are, are uh, gymnasia, so we get the idea of a gymnasium, right? So so it's a pretty pretty obvious word what Paul is saying. It means to harass yourself, it means to provoke yourself. So like I kind of do in the morning, I kind of say, uh you know, I, I go there, but it also means what you do once you get there. You know, you no no pain, no gain, uh what is it? Um more more plates, more dates. So um so uh it it, it is a it is a word that means Go to the gym. But it doesn't mean that literally. In fact, Paul says exactly that. He says, "He says, but I don't mean physical training. right? Because literally that's what it means. And people reading this letter might think, well, why is Paul telling Timothy to go to the gym? And the answer is, he says, while physical training has some value, there's nothing wrong with it. He says, training in holy living is useful for everything. It has promise for this life and the age to come, the, the life to come. So the good thing about holy living is... You you get the advantages of the the future age right now. So he says, train yourself in holy living, and you can trust this. This saying is reliable and deserves complete acceptance. So so you will get the benefits um, early. You don't have to wait until the resurrection to get those benefits. You can get them right now. So he says, uh, trust me on that. And then he says, we work and we struggle for this. Our hope is set on the. Um, our hope is set in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. So um, this is this is a, an ongoing process. We are working on this. We're struggling on this. These are strong words. This is this is the experience we have in the gym when we don't think we can lift that weight. He's saying he's saying uh, that's what we're struggling for. What is it we're struggling for? Our hope. Our hope is set in the living God. So we're trusting God's promises right uh, the, the living god has promised that this is not the end that there is an age that is coming he has promised that we will be like christ but um but it hasn't happened yet so it's still a hope it's 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 trustworthy because because god has made this promise but it hasn't happened yet so that's what our hope is for so he says he says um that is that is our hope and then in verse 11 he says command these things teach them now here he's he's referring back to all the things he's been telling um, Timothy to do as a pastor. He's saying, you know, these doctrinal issues, the way that people are behaving in the church and so forth. He said, you know, go ahead and do those things. Do do the things I just told you in chapter 2 and 3. Do those things. Tell Tell them. Command them. But, but, you're going to have trouble commanding them. And the reason is because basically nobody wants to be commanded. But he says, and you, they have an excuse. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. They're going to say, oh, why should I listen to some young whippersnapper? Now, uh, scholars, scholars tell us, um, that in this, in this era, um, Timothy might have been as old as 35. So we're not talking about, you know, he's 12. Um, he's, he's probably in his mid thirties and, he would still be looked down because people would say, "Look, I trust people with gray hair. They were very different from us." Nowadays, you know, gray-haired people—it's like, you know, okay, boomer, right? But in those days, uh, you know, hey, this guy obviously knows something. He's still around, right? He didn't die in his in his forties. So, um, so uh, he, people would have people would have said, Tim- "Timothy doesn't have any gray hair, and therefore, I don't trust him." And so Paul says, "Yeah, they're not going to." So um, instead, set an example for believers through your speech, behavior, love, faith, and by being sexually pure. So he says, they can't argue with results, right? They can argue with what color your hair is, but they can't argue with results. And so he says, in in the way you you talk to people, the way you relate to people, um, your behavior, your love, your faith, and um, our translation says sexual purity, that's probably an over-translation. The word itself just means purity, and I looked at... Um, a bunch of translations, you can do this too. There's a place called BibleGateway.com. You punch in a verse number and it'll give you, I don't know, 30 or 40 different translations. And you can see, in this case, almost all of them said, said purity. Um, so it's basically saying, so, so be the kind of person people look up to. right? And even if they're looking down on you because you're so young and small, they will look up to you. So be that kind of person. Until I arrive, pay attention to public reading, preaching, and teaching. Again, this is your job. You're the, you're the pastor of this church. But he says, don't neglect the spiritual gift in you that was given through the prophecy when the elders laid on, laid hands on you. You're not the CEO of a church. You're the pastor. You have help. God is on your side. God has, God has given you a gift, um, as part of your, um, Uh, the process of ordaining you to your ministry. And by the way, you've got elders too, right? There are some people who are old in this church and they are on your side too. So don't neglect them. And then he says, practice these things and live by them so that your progress will be visible to all. So keep doing this. Keep hitting the, hitting the gym. You know, go back and, you know, go back and do it some more. Um, live by them so that your progress will be visible by all. People can't argue with results. So focus on working on your own development, not commanding them and teaching them. Focus on your own development, and they will say, well, you know, I don't know about Timothy, but, you know, I can't argue with what's going on in his life. So he says, if you do this, you will save yourself and those who hear you. Now, I should point out, he's not saying that by, by cultivating a holy life you save yourself. Back in verse 10, he said, God is the savior of of um, all people, so here he 's saying people will take you seriously and they 'll listen to your message about god so so this is this is what Paul has to say he says he says that it is it is the, the way the way that you will um, succeed in your work is by self improvement back when I was in industry we we'd talk about uh, continuous improvement that you always are getting better and paul's saying the same thing to to um to Timothy, just keep getting better. Focus on yourself rather than the problems you've got, because there'll be new problems after those. So, if you become the kind of person who deals with problems, that is that is a better strategy than focusing on the particular problems. So, so um, so we should focus on ourself, not the specific problems we're facing. And and one way we can do that, or probably the most important way, is to decide in advance what we're going to do. So, we're going to be facing this kind of problem, uh, you know, I've got to go to the gym and I say, "Well, I'm just going to go." Right? I'm not going to worry about all those other things, you know, if I'm bleeding, okay, but if, you know, if it's just another Monday and I don't feel like going to the gym, I'm going to the gym, right? I have predecided. So, so make your decisions up front. And the way we can do that probably a lot of the time is by saying, "Well, what kept us from doing it last time?" What 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 tripped us up? What 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 excuse did we make? What what circumstance came up? What was it that kept us from doing it? And then we can we can make a predecision for that too. But we predecide what it is we're going to do. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna focus on our um, what is it? Our behavior, our speech, behavior, love, faith, and purity. So we say, what is what am I going to do? I'm going to do those things, not because I feel like it, not because um, I want to today. But because today's gym day, and that's what I do, is I work on these things. So, so, he says, figure out, you know, right now I'm telling you and make this your, your strategy, is to go, not because you feel like it, but because you've already decided to do it. Christianity is the idea, or, or, or offers us the hope that we can become like Christ, but, but we, but it is a journey. We are, we are on our way, and the the journey does not mean that it will only happen when we're fresh and well rested. That that the opportunities we have to 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 demonstrate to 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 live out the Christ that is being formed in us um, may not happen when we feel like it. They're probably not going to happen. In fact, there's a there's a saying, um, it's kind of a joke or I don't know a, a wry observation, and it's this: you know, if you're going to pray for patience, watch out because God will give you all kinds of difficult people to deal with that, that you find yourself becoming impatient with. If you pray for generosity, watch out, because God's going to put all kinds of needy people in your way. That's that's the nature of becoming like Christ. Is It's not always going to be, you know, well, I'm fresh and, and rested and feeling like I'm at the top of the world, the wind's at my back. No. So what you have to do is, when the wind is at your back, when you are fresh and well-rested, make your decisions Then, this is the kind of person I'm becoming. And then I wake up on Monday and I say it's gym day. So go do the gym. So in this age we are always going to be pulled in two directions. There's always going to be the 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 Christ that is forming in us who's who's calling us to become like him. And then there's going to be the world, the flesh and the devil, the, this this present age that is calling on us to stay in bed, sleep in, don't don't go to the gym today. And we can pre-decide, I am going to go to the gym. I am going to have the right kind of uh, a speech, the right kind of behavior. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be pure. These are decisions we can make in advance when the wind is at our back so that we can become like Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we um, we believe that you are making us like Christ. We know we're not the people we used to be, but we also know that there are days when when we make that same prayer, you know, dear God, no, in Jesus' name, help us to to not be making those decisions in in the moment, but make them in advance and live by them. Give us confidence that if we if we do what we are called to do. If, if what Paul teaches Timothy, to focus on ourselves and our own improvement, we will not only become um, more like Christ, but people will see it. We will be an example to them, and they will know what they can do to, to have better lives themselves. We pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen.